I think the takeaway for all of us has a lot to do with our journeys in life are so parallel, don't you guys think? This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to an interview episode. We are so excited. Yes, we are. We are always excited. But first, I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Sensei Michelle. And thank you, Sensei Jackie, for getting me back on course. And guess what? Landon is still in town. Yay! Yay! Hi, everybody. Good to be back. So our interviewee, I'm not even sure that's a word. Is that a real (laughs) word? Yes, it is. Good Lord. So our interviewee this week is your friend, Landon, and thank you for inviting him. Us. I'm excited that he's here. And I'm going to add before we begin that I admire both of you for being so involved in community activism. Boy, I'm talking like a grown-up today. <laughs> you certainly <laughs> are, you. Sensei. Okay, take it away, Landon. Introduce your friend for me. So today on the show, we have my dear, dear friend, Raymond Adderley. So some of you may recognize him when you hear this name. And Raymond has made history in recent uh, years. He was the youngest person to receive over 50,000 votes in an election in this county. Was that um, for a uh, school board? Yes, when he recently so ran cool. for Bradford County School Board. And over that, he is truly a dear friend. We met in 2021 when he was student advisor to the school board. And ever since, we have been working together and uh, continue to do so. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. And I want to say that you're approximately in the age of 18. That's correct. Got it. Uh, 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 uh. People are going to hear your voice and they're going to think you're much more grown up. (laughs) He is grown up, but he doesn't have that many years on his his tree. Chronologically, he's 18. Only in people years. (laughs) And at college. I am at college. I am at the illustrious Florida Atlantic University. Go Owls and wouldn't have it any other way. So do I go, whoo, whoo. But he he is a Gator fan as well, well, which is. I am a Gator fan. Unfortunately, after what happened last night, I don't know for how much longer. <laughs> well, you you can't judge an entire university on one not-so-great football game. <laughs> That's true. I am considering it for law school, though. Oh, <laughs> oh good exciting. law school. Landon's grandpa went to law school there. And I don't want to get too far off on the sports subjects here because we are in the middle of the World Cup, too, and then there's a whole thing as, there. As so well, you we need... Self-control, which is the topic of our episode today, to get back on track. Okay, now you stole my line, but I love it. What I wrote down in the grown-up script was, we brought Raymond here today because, Landon, you shared with me that, Raymond, you have a love of self-control like I have a love of self-control. That's true. Yes, I do. And the thing that makes that interesting to me is, don't you think self-control has a bad name? Well, I think so, depending on certain environments in which you're in, of course. But I think self-control should be more gladly appreciated because it lies out a platform that you can operate, you know, without self-control. There's no way that you can run a campaign. There's no way that you can do schoolwork because you can never come to settle yourself and perform in those situations in which you're going to need to exhibit a little self-control. That is exactly right, isn't it? Mm. And we could even become frivolous and say, in order to have time to tell jokes at the end of the day, you have to stay on that focus line, stay on that self-control to get the work done. That's right. Otherwise, you'll tell jokes all day and you'll still be at the end of the day going, man, guess we got to work till midnight. (laughs) (laughs) You know what that reminds me of in the grown-up world is 
you have to have a little self-control to pay your bills before you go out and spend your night having uh, lots of fun at the clubs or whatever you think is fun. But if those bills aren't paid, there's no extra money. That's very interesting. So how about we just stop for a second and we say self-control is the act of deciding to go a certain way and do it. Mm -hmm. Correct. They have a big grown up thing where they wrote down controlling yourself, why why they put controlling yourself in the definition of self-control makes no sense, but it is a, a thinking process and then a follow through process. We all agree, right? We certainly, even when you told the little kids all those years ago, it's being your own policeman. Not, not bad. And, and oh, I did that. You did that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I wish I had made it up. Um, the point is, it's not always bad things. It's not stopping yourself all the time, right? And what I think it also isn't something that Raymond and I know very well in our world is it's kind of a preventative measure at times that you have to be able to think about something and be like, wait, hold on. You know, do I need to not necessarily stop myself, but evaluate the situation? Right. So here's my first question for you, Raymond. Kind of what area of your life were you in when you started to realize the power of taking that beat, thinking it through, and then taking the action rather than being that crazy reactionary person? Well, I'd say that I've always been a very well-calculated person. Uh, Every move that I've made throughout my life, it's all been calculated because if you asked me in the second grade what I wanted to do with my life, I would have told you that I wanted to be better than Tyler Perry. (laughs) (laughs) Nice answer. And so everything that I did as a second grader and as a third grader was to start experiencing things that would allow me to get the opportunity I needed in acting or in music. And so I continued to do that until I fell in love with debate and realized that I didn't want to be an actor, but I wanted to be an attorney. And so I decided that, okay, you want to be an attorney? Well, now it's time to get out there and start getting some of those internships to learn what an office like is like. Now you're Coming out of the eighth grade or going into high school, let's find a magnet program that I could go to so that I could, you know, get my feet wet again, doing some pre-law activities. And so I ended up choosing between American Heritage Plantation uh, in Fort Lauderdale High School. And I, I chose the better school, of course. And, and, and no shade to uh, American Heritage. I have a lot of great friends at American <laughs> Heritage. But Although if he went to American Heritage, his uh, debate skills would increase. Although I am a Western debate fan, just saying. So are you saying American Heritage has the best debate team in, in Broward County? Nope, they're not as good as Western. I wouldn't say that much. <laughs> I, I, Well, Landon, unfortunately for you and, and for a lot of people, I was a very good debater in my time. And I beat multiple people from oh. both American Heritage and Western high school. So that's neither here nor there. But back to the original item, it is in those calculations that you make. So from working at a law firm, because you can work anywhere you want at 15 and 16. If you want to make a quick buck, if you want to make money, you can go work at Publix, Burger King, Taco Bell, wherever you want, the mall. But if you want to well calculate yourself and exhibit self-control in all you do, the better option is to go seek out a, a local attorney and go, hey, you know, I'm a high school student. I want to be an attorney. I want to learn more about law. Is there anything that I can do in your office to get that experience? And those are the sorts of things that I used to do. So Mm. now I'm in college and I'm still doing the same thing, still have the same job of two years clerking at a a, a local firm and really getting some really big experience as far as trial law is concerned. 
But more importantly, in college, I'm studying political science because on the journey of exhibiting self-control, I also realized that I did want to become a public servant or an elected official. And so I want to understand more about that world. And so that's why I'm studying political science. So I'd say I started exhibiting some serious self-control, maybe around the ages of 14 or 15. Before that, it was just I was super afraid of my mom. and I, I, didn't want to <laughs> I want to hang here for a second on the concept of debate, hmm. which I am not <laughs> a, a practiced debate person. So I'm going to learn here when you guys talk to each other, okay? Sure. First off, I can see how self-control would come in during a debate (laughs) as well as in preparation for a debate, right? Yes. But is the most common emotion that you have to get under your control while the debate is going on, is that the desire to become riled up? Because there's a fine line between a debate and an argument, or that's not a true sentence, what I just said. Well, what I would say is, Obviously, there's like karate, there's many different aspects of debate. So, for example, Raymond does something called congressional debate where you're debating on different bills. It's kind of like a mock Congress where what I do is I take my category called extemporaneous speaking. We have 30 minutes from the time that you get the question to the time that you give the speech. So I think in what I do in the 30 minutes, you have to prep the speech, memorize the speech. And ensure that you have accurate information. So a lot of the times I'll look over and I'll see that somebody who's in my round is way ahead of me or they've already started practicing and I haven't. So I have to be able to use that self-control to say, okay, I need to focus and I need to get to where I need to be. I don't Got know it. If in a chamber, which is where congressional debate happens, I don't know if that's the same. So so for me, uh, I'm the type of person where not a lot of things bother me. I'm a pretty laid back, easygoing person and consider myself to be a very humble and very, very casual person to speak to. And I don't make things too uncomfortable for a lot of people. And so in the like fashion, that's the way I live. You know, you can say something at me that might insult me or whatever. And I probably look at you and say, well, I hope you have a better day. It's the sort of person I am instead of getting into, you know, arguments and sort. But when we're talking about debate, I knew every time I walked into a round that I was good at debate. And I knew that every time I could walk into a round, I knew that I could win it or I knew that I could do pretty well. And so I think the self-control aspect started there. But before you even get into that round, there's a great deal of self-control that must be exhibited before you even get there. Mm -hmm. And that starts with prepping. So for us Congress debaters, depending on the tournament, depending on the scenario, that you can have anywhere from six to 12 bills in any one given round. So between three different rounds, you're going to debate six to 12 pieces of legislation, not in each round. But maybe in each round, you'll debate, probably get to two or three bills that you can get to debate as an entire chamber. That's a lot of preparation. It is. And now when we're talking about tournaments that also have semifinals and finals, (laughs) there's even more legislation attached to that because the bills change as you progress through the tournament. So now let's talk about actually being in the round. Now, Congress is one of those uh, debates that have very unique factors from having to be chosen randomly to speak based off of when you step up and, and, and be recognized by whoever's presiding over that chamber. Also, depending on what time of the round you speak, because in Congress, there are three stages of the debate. You have the constructives, you have the refutation cycle, 
And then you have what we call the crystallization cycle. And so every single different time that there's a different cycle of the debate going on between 16 people, you have to adjust your speech to, as such. Mm-hmm. And you have three minutes to give these speeches. You're not permitted to use the internet. So you have to have a good bank of sources. And so when you get up to speak now, for me, I have to exhibit self-control because I have to deliver that message. I have to let those judges in the back know that, number one, my argument is the most important. And number two, I am going to be the best speaker in this round. And that's how you have to get up there and deliver the message. So with that self-control comes being able to know your speech and not read it off of your legal pad or mm-hmm. a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. It comes with knowing when those impact points are, when to really deepen the voice or really connect with the judge. It comes during those points when you're giving analysis and you really have to break it down and mm-hmm. teach it in chomp and pivot around the stage. So those are always self-control come in handy during, well, at least my event in Congress. So what I think is important when it comes to overall debate is also the relationship with the people in your rounds. That's true. So for okay. a congressional debater or somebody in a public forum type of setting, you're really debating against other people. In my category, I don't see anybody else's speech. Got it. So that ties in so much that I know that I, I've sat in middle school, I did a round of Congress. And I have sat in that room wanting to say, that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Or or when the judge loves something that I'm like, you really can't do that. (laughs) But you have to be able to have that ability to control. To sell the coin. Okay. I am following everything you guys are saying, and I'm not going to stand debate any longer, except I want to say this one thing. So tell me what you think. What I heard a lot of was adjusting on the spot to the circumstances, Mm -hmm. which we'll all agree is a function of self-control. Yes. But it's also a function of being exactly in the moment. And Uh, it's also a function of confidence, of what true confidence is that's not fighting with your ego. And I mean, when we try to meld these three things together, it's a tough day at the office. Okay, and I'm going to say, don't forget your thought, okay, that everything that we're talking about here, as far as Raymond in his personal focus line and self-control strengths towards his goals and our little sidetrack here on debate so completely parallels everything that we do in karate. So even as a karate person, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know why I'm going to listen to this episode because it doesn't make sense to me because that's not my journey in life. I think the takeaway for all of us has a lot to do with our journeys in life are so parallel. Don't you guys think? Oh, completely. And what I think it's interesting is we have our, our Shi'is, for those of you that aren't in karate, a karate competition, and the ability that you have to adapt at all times, just as you said. But what I also think that turns into, and I'm going to jump to the next bullet point, if that's okay, or the is end. the focus mm-hmm. aspect. That at all times, when you're in a fight against somebody, which we can correlate to a debate, Let's you, call it a sparring match so people yes, don't think people right. are in anger when they're doing it. When, when you're sparring, you have to have that focus with somebody just as you would have in any scenario and any kind of public scenario. I think that's something that you've gotten a lot of experience and I've gotten a lot of experience from you is that in a lot of times you really just have to evaluate the situation and focus on what's important. 
There's been at many meetings that I know Raymond when he was student advisor to the school board. There's a lot of times there's a lot of harsh criticism and you have to focus on what's most important. Am I going to get into that debate with somebody? As you said, have a nice day. Or am I going to take that on and evaluating that, that circumstance? Yeah, I like it. He's really become quite the extent guy. He's got all the right inflections and all the names. <laughs> I'm guessing that extemp stands for extemporaneous. It, it does. Which means on the fly. Can we all agree that, that that's what it means? Which it he told me that if I did Congress, that I would be much better. Uh, <laughs> you, have the, you have the voice and you have the appeal yeah, for most Congress judges. So what you're saying about him having great extemporaneous skills, are we agree with? Yes. But I want to change out of the word extemporaneous and say the word instead, which is more of a karate way of saying it, of being in the very second you're in, Mm -hmm. rather than letting your emotions, are we okay with that, jump forward or back? Yes. I heard you say, Raymond, that you have always been a kind of a laid back guy. Yes. But you have to occasionally have to work with focusing your mind back on the point rather than some outside point that someone's trying to drag you to. Right. I I think in the point of my life where I found those two ideas to be most conflicting was during the campaign when I was running for school board, because I decided to run to make a statement to the world and to Broward County that number one, young voices deserve to be heard, but it quickly evolved to the need rather for young leadership is urgent, it's here, and it's right now, and it's not going to get any easier for the status quo because there are more and more young people that are urging to get involved in politics because they realize that their lives are now on the line, and it is for real. And so I was very happy to be one of the very first young people to actually run for something, but not only that, inspire others to do so as well, as my two friends in Georgia did and one in South Carolina did as well after hearing about my story. Mm-hmm. That's now, so cool. So was, what you're saying is you were uh, an influence for it, these it, other people. Yes, they reached out to me and they said, you know, uh, I remember the conversation with somebody, seems Jaheim McLaurin, and Landon can tell you this. He reached out to us after seeing our, our segment on the Today Show and said, wow, I'm a young guy. I'm 19. I've always wanted to run for something, but people told me I couldn't. And I'm happy to see that you are. And now I'll probably run for my school board. And he did run for the county commission instead. That's uh, awesome. In South Carolina. He didn't get elected, but he's doing tremendous work in an unelected position. So this is a perfect time for everybody to say, hey, how do they get in touch? So you start us out, Raymond. If they wanted to reach you, how would they get in touch with you? Well, sure. I mean, there are several ways to get in touch with me. Number one, my phone number, which I I give out all the time, which is 786-657-5690. You can call in at any time. And if you're the ninth caller, you might just get a lucky gift. (laughs) (laughs) But more importantly, um, another way to reach me that's super accessible is my email, which is raymond at raymondtakesnotes.com. Not taste notes, not take notes, (laughs) takesnotes.com. And then also my Instagram, which is also at Raymond Takes Notes, are all good ways to reach me. Okay, Landon, we're going to tell them how to get in touch. Well, you can contact us all over the web at wildcatdojoad.com. That's our website. Go to Facebook and Twitter, and you will find us on there, as well as YouTube, Instagram's Wildcat Dojo Conversations, and you can send us an email at dojoconversations at aol.com. Thanks, Landon. Are we 
almost ready to close this one out or does somebody have another point that I missed? Well, Raymond is, I would say, pretty talented in different areas. A renaissance man. And I'm curious to know if you ever dabbled in karate. I did. So when I was very young and, and and I actually, so let me not say super young. When I was a part of a dojo with Hunchy is what we called him, and he was the one of the Grand Dragons of Jamaica, and his name is Errol Lynn. And he was, uh, he was my karate instructor as well as my art teacher when I became older at Phil's Academy, but he ended up kicking me out because I was a little too excited one time, and I hit somebody the wrong way, and the parent didn't like that, but he did let me back in couple weeks after that. So I, I got up to just about a, a orange belt uh, in karate and then I stopped doing it. But I did go back and help him out with the new kids that came to learn. So I was, you know, teaching them the basics of karate. And through the art class that I did with him as well for three years throughout middle school, he also did teach us a little bit of Tai Chi. So hmm. I learned a That's couple very things. cool. Oh. I'm just saying, if you got so excited that you hurt somebody and got suspended for a couple of weeks, that means you did have a growth along the self-control lines <laughs> right. there in middle school, which is pretty much where it lives. Where it really begins to become important. I have karate questions. Do you think the man that you trained with is still a local human? Or? Yes, he is. I see him all the time. Excellent. Ask him if he'll let me interview him. Okay, I will. Right? We would oh, love, we love that. that. Oh, yeah. Raymond background. Uh, <laughs> we'll get the real story. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not from Hunchy. <laughs> he knows a couple things that I don't, probably don't want. And then no, I'm joking. Well, maybe you'll come with him. Will, uh, I, I'm sure all of my teachers from elementary and middle school will tell you that I was never a bad child. I was just extremely chatty. <laughs> Some things haven't changed. <laughs> And, and so you fit right in here. A lot of my teachers were from the Caribbean and they were a bit older. And, you know, as Caribbean people get older, they tend to get more miserable. Oh, <laughs> disclaimer. I'm saying that we do not have that opinion about any <laughs> culture or any age. So there. I say this as a Caribbean person. And I love all my teachers very much because they are the reason I am who I am today without their strong and strict and stern influence on me. I would never be able to do the things that I do. But when you talk in their class or you fail to bring in an assignment, they just start going crazy. And so somebody like me, who's always stood for justice and equality (laughs) and transparency (laughs) and accountability, I always would challenge them and say, well, you let so-and-so just get up and do the same thing. And now that I'm doing it, you have an issue. And then by that point in time, I probably get that, boy, leave my room. (laughs) I'm picturing him at six years old using the word transparency. (laughs) I wouldn't put it past him. And on that note, at this point in the podcast, I'm going to say transparent to us is our sponsor. Us. Honor Athletics, of course. And, you know, we've had the same sponsor our whole time. Aren't we lucky? Yes. And she's wonderful. Her name is Cynthia, and she's at honorathletics.com. Honor-athletics.com. Thank you for that. Please scroll down and click her link. You can give her a call at 770-945-5150. And don't forget, mention Wildcat Dojo when you check out for your 10% discount. I think it's time for me to say thanks. It was super fun and very relating to different aspects of karate that we talk about all the time, isn't it? Oh, definitely. So thank you for doing this, Raymond. Absolutely. It was fun. It was a blast. Okay, Landon, you're going to have to take us out. Thank you so much for joining us. It was fun. I loved every minute of it. Please come back.
And everybody here is saying good night. I'm signing us out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.